Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth. At Holy Love Ministries, we are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and live in freedom. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Ava Pennington. And neither of us enjoy waiting. For me, the longer I have to wait, especially if it's for something that feels really important, the harder it is. And I can begin to doubt God. I can doubt his timing. I can doubt his promises to care for me, to provide for me, whether in relation to a physical or emotional need. And I might think that he has bigger or more important matters to tend to or that he won't come through in time. And faced with an unmet longing or a crisis, I can believe the lie that I am responsible for myself, that I have to resolve my own problems, that I have to secure my own fulfillment, create my own joy. The problem is whenever I act on that lie or rely on myself instead of turning to and trusting in God, I usually make a mess of things. Well, you're not alone, Jen. I have a habit of doing that as well. After experiencing a significant loss a few years ago, I had to face a future filled with uncertainty. I'd lost my husband, and I put pressure on myself to try and make things happen. I had some big decisions I faced about income and whether to move. I had some health challenges at the time, and I just felt all this pressure that it was all on my shoulders. Yet in the midst of those challenges, it seems as if God had me in his waiting room, and I'd cry out to him, and yet he was silent. I got to tell you, the enemy was anything but silent. And he would whisper, God's too big and he's too busy to be concerned about your loss. Lots of people lose their spouse. What's so special about your loss that you deserve God's special attention? Stop waiting for God to respond and just manage on your own. Forge ahead. Do what seems best. Well, I confess I struggle with waiting. I wanted to move on. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, that I needed to move on. But yet the opportunities seemed elusive. And for several years, instead of making New Year's resolutions, I would schedule one word to kind of focus on. And last year, God had me choose the word wait. Wow. Yeah. More of an ouch than a wow, Jen, seriously. 
I knew this was God's way of helping me depend on him and not rush ahead of him in my impatience. And I got to tell you, just about halfway through the year, when I was finally, finally learning to wait and congratulating myself on learning to wait on God, I actually sensed the Holy Spirit calling me to a new level of waiting, calling me to joyfully wait. Wow. Yeah, that was another ouch, another wow. Okay, waiting is hard enough, but joyful. So instead of changing my circumstances or allowing me to change my circumstances, it felt like God was doubling down on the waiting lesson. It wasn't enough to learn to wait on him. He wanted me to do it joyfully. And that was so not what comes naturally for me. I think that's hard, actually, for all of us. And if we've read scripture enough or if we've been to enough church services, we we might know intellectually that God always fulfills his promises, that he has perfect timing. But the goal is to remind our hearts of that truth when when his timeline seems to clash with ours, as it had for Abram. So for those of you who have been following the series that we began in January, you might remember just how long Abram and his wife had been waiting for God to fulfill his promise to give them a child. And and from my perspective, initially, this promise was a bit vague. It seemed like Abram was maybe confused about this promise because he asked, he's like, Lord, are you going to fulfill this through my servant? And that was an acceptable practice at the time. But God made it clear in Genesis chapter 15, which we discussed last week, that This child would come directly from Abram, but God still had him wait. And there was still some uncertainty, some, I'm sure, just doubts and fears and so much wrestling during that time. Ava, would you actually mind reading what we're going to be discussing today? Genesis chapter 16, 1 through 6. Absolutely. So Genesis 16, 1 to 6. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she's pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. And Abram said, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. It it reminds me, our fear, if not dealt with, can really cause great pain and a great mess. You know, I was thinking, so as I read through all of the chapters on Abram, and I'm kind of wrestling, like, what would I think if I was in that place? What would my thoughts be? And and. Originally, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't. But I'm reminded something that God has done very clearly and consistently with me. The minute I begin to step out of his will, even if I don't know his will at that, like, even if he's only given me like that next step and I and it feels vague to me, he has been super, super faithful when I have veered off his path to give me that check in my spirit. So, I mean, this is an assumption by my part, but I have to believe that even though it was cultural practice at the time, what what Abram did, but that he had been communing with God's so that God would have given him that check in his spirit that, hey, this is not how I want you to respond. This is not how the promise will be fulfilled. Well, and especially when you go back, Abram had already made a suggestion to God about how we could have this descendant. He didn't have any children. So how about his trusted servant, Eleazar? Why not make him his adopted son and heir? And that also was a cultural practice. But God 
didn't want that. And God made it clear, no, I, I've got a plan. And he didn't say it in so many words. This is my paraphrase now. I don't need your help. I don't yes. need suggestions, right? Yet, so here he comes along. It's 15 years later. Still doesn't have an heir. And he's got another suggestion. But this one he, he acted on. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to know, too, God will not call us to fulfill our calling at the expense of someone else. It's so easy to justify our behavior that we're helping God out and maybe sacrifice our family, maybe sacrifice time raising our kid, whatever it is. The thing I've got to do this thing. But God's ways work so much better when we just hit pause and wait on him and trust him even in, I think even in, you know, you talked about your waiting and then you waited in joy. So that tells me you waited and waited and waited and waited. It's trusting that God is going to tell us when it is time to move. Yeah. And it will be done in the right way, as you said, not at the expense of somebody else, not at the expense of somebody else's dignity or safety. And here they put Sarah's servant in a very tenuous position. I mean, yes, she was a servant, but that's not the way God works, right? I love what you said when we were talking about this episode between you and I, and you were talking about the importance of the journey and and what God does in us and our spiritual growth and maturity and our intimacy with him in the journey of waiting. And in this case, God had confirmed his covenant with Abram. He'd given the covenant in chapter 12. He confirmed it in chapter 15. But what's interesting about this covenant is that it was all one way, all dependent on God, since God had put Abram to sleep while the Lord ratified the covenant. It was all on God. All of these promises were all on God. And every time God reiterated the covenant promises, it was always in the form of God saying, I will do this. I will give you land. I will give you seed. I will give you blessing. Not you will. You will have a son. You will take. It was God. And as I mentioned to you, Jen, in, in our previous conversation, it's funny that Abram didn't think he had to help God obtain the land or any of the other promises in the covenant. But for some reason, he felt like he had to act when it came to having an heir. He didn't catch the idea that he was not responsible for fulfilling God's promises. And so that brings us back to waiting again, right? Yeah. And and really just trust, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking so, so much would have been tied up in this child. We know if for those of you who know a lot about biblical history and, and leading to Christ, we know that this was leading to the savior of the world. Like that's that. That was the story going on, kind of the bigger story being played out. But from a human perspective, having a child obviously is something you long for very deeply. And that culture, having a a son, an heir would have been hugely, hugely important. And so tied up in that is a sense of legacy, of fulfillment, of achievement, of of joy, all of these things, which then we can take it a step further and remind ourselves. I'm, I'm reminded of a verse when Jesus said in John 10, chapter 10, he said, I have come to have life and have it to the full. And when I struggle to wait on God or to obey him when he calls me to act, but either way to follow his leading, I try to remind myself he is calling me to joy. He is calling me to freedom. He is calling me to life, to a beyond expectation life, which means when I veer off his path, I'm actually moving further from those very things that I most crave. And the very thing we think is being a help is actually going to turn into a hindrance, not just a hindrance maybe to God's plans, but 
whether we realize it or not, it's a hindrance to our own desires because God's plans for us are are best, right? And they're, they're going to satisfy our desires in a way that our own plans never will. Yeah. And I, I was struck when you, so when you read the passage, there was one verse that really stood out to me when it said that Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. And this really reminded me, we're always heeding someone's voice, right? Like I'm either listening to myself, I do that way too often, or I'm listening to someone else's who seems very, very logical, very wise, maybe even very biblical, or I'm listening to God's. Now, that's not to say we shouldn't seek wise counsel. We should. But are we seeking God first? Like I didn't see Abram prior to this moment, like Sarah coming to him, hey, go take my maid servant and have a child. But I don't see Abram saying, okay, hold on, let's pray. Like, let me go seek God. Let me go. Let me go find out what he is calling us to do. And I, who knows why we could each be in that situation. There'd be so many different reasons. For me, I have to check like I on my best day, my motives are mixed. And so it's really, really hard for me to hear the voice of God when I'm also battling pride and selfishness and, and fear and anxiety. And so I have this thing every morning I try actually where I'm just praying that God would first empty me and then fill me. And I go through it like my pride, my selfishness. And there's a there's a passage in Psalm that I love to read as a guide for myself. And it was written by ancient Israel's second king, a man named David. I think that passage in Psalm 19 is the passage that you might be referring to because it says, who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that may they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And that's from Psalm 19, 12 to 14. And Jen, what you just said about praying just sounds like you're echoing these words from Psalm 19. I try. Well, you know, I think that's probably how it started when I read that. And I'm like, wow, that's me. <laughs> that is so me. And we want to end this today's episode reminding ourselves and our listeners, Abraham messed up in a really hurtful way, a really big way. But God still redeemed it for everyone involved. He redeemed the situation for Hagar. He came to her personally and showed her that you're seen, you're heard. I get it. And he redeemed like he ended up blessing this other child that that he had and then he did end up bringing about his promise there was pain along the way that could have been avoided absolutely but there is always there is always grace and even in the midst of the pain i love how god reinforced two things about himself with hagar because in this same chapter hagar is now she's been mistreated she runs off and what does god say I mean, we we actually see two names of god here he tells Hagar to name her son Ishmael, which means God hears. And Hagar says to God, you're the God who sees. So even in the midst of people messing up, God is a God who hears and sees. And he is a redeemer and he redeems these things. And he's still the God who hears and sees us today. That's beautiful. That's a great place for us to end is remembering God's grace, remembering his heart and remembering that he is the God who sees. He is the God who hears. And I love, Ava, one thing I love about just our conversations is the the time that you've spent studying the names of God and how that really deepens our trust in him. So I would say to our listeners, if you haven't picked up Ava's book, now what is it? Give us the title. The title is Reflections on the Names of God, 180 Devotions to Know God More Fully. And so if you are interested in learning more about God's names, in addition to Elroy, the God who sees and 
Ishmael, who, which means God hears. There are so many other names that help us get to know God more fully. And that the information about that resource can be found in the printed show notes on this page. Yeah, because that's a really great way to deepen our trust when we know God's name reveal, names reveal his character. And when we know his character, our fears begin to die. So let me let me close us in prayer. Holy Father, we just love you so much. We thank you that you are the God who sees, that you are the God who hears, that you have great plans for us. You love us so deeply. And you have taken full responsibility for our lives. All we have to do is follow you, trust in you, wait on you, move when you say move, wait when you say wait. And Lord, help us just when our fears begin to rise up, Lord, help us to hit pause and to to just sit with you so that those fears can become avenues of, of deeper faith, of greater trust, of greater intimacy with you, the one who created us and who knows everything that's ahead of us and who walks beside us every step of the way. It's in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. So we hope this episode deepened your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in His grace. If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, and so then you won't miss a single episode. And be sure to share it on social media, and we'd be very encouraged if you would rate it as well. That'll help others find it. Until next time. May you live with the courage of one who has been truly set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.